And a one, two, three, four. Welcome everybody to the Life Point Table Talk. We are continuing today with our Bible in a Year reading. My name is Jason, and I am joined by the lovely Pastor Katrina. It's so good to be here today. I love doing these podcasts, and I'm excited about the podcast today. Awesome. So today we have got a fantastic reading for you. We've got the book of Isaiah 1 through 21 and Galatians 1 through 6. And so Galatians is a little shorter and Isaiah is uh, pretty dense. Yes, it is. (laughs) We've got a dense work here. He had a lot to write to uh, the nation of Israel at this time. Yeah, and so a lot to go over. Excited. Thank you all for being with us. And uh, let's go ahead and jump into it. Let's get, we'll start off with the book of Isaiah here. All right. Let me give you a little introduction. The name Isaiah means the Lord saves or Lord is Savior. And there's more prophecy about the Messiah, about Jesus, in Isaiah than any other Old Testament book. Isaiah is actually called the fifth gospel. Uh, and Isaiah is even called the Bible in miniature. Because there's 66 chapters in Isaiah and there's 66 books in the Bible. And Isaiah ministered for over 40 years under four Judean kings, Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. So he had a long history. That's why this book is probably so long. Yeah. It's because he had a lot of kings that he ministered to. Right. And and I really like... um, sequentially the way we've uh, read the history of Israel already up up to this yes. point. We've already kind of read the scenario that he's speaking into. Right. So we know what's happened and They what's get coming. right with God and then they go back and they get yeah. right and they go back and God sends the prophets to minister to them. And this is kind of leading up to the exile in a, yes. in a, in a really dramatic way. Yes. A lot of this. And so... Um, Awesome. Let's get into it. So uh, Isaiah 1, he introduced himself. Uh, I am Isaiah, son of Amoz. Um, like you said, he's he has a message he was given about Judah and Jerusalem. Yes. So Israel is actually split at this time. Yes. Uh-huh. And um, so, but he's, he's bringing a message to both of them. Um. The children I raised have turned against me, says the Lord. Mm. Um, my people won't ever learn. They're on a corrupt and wicked path. Um, uh, and it's funny. He says, why be punished more? Just give up. <laughs> like give that. up your sins. Why continue to be p- punished? You know, he also says they're head sick and heart faint. Mm. So they're sick in their head and they're sick in their heart, both yeah. of them. Uh, he talks, yeah, he talks about their, their sick head to toe, your country in ruins, surrounded by enemies. Um, Zion would have disappeared like Sodom and Gomorrah if Ga- God hadn't intervened. Mm, amazing. You are no better than the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. What a statement. What a statement. Your sacrifices mean nothing. Who asked you to bring all this blood from bulls and goats to worship me? Wow. Um, 
I can't stand the evil you do on your new moon festivals. Um, so they have obviously adopted and incorporated some of these other religious practices Absolutely. and mixed it in with uh, uh, the Hebrew religions there. We, we know that Sodom and Gomorrah was totally destroyed. Yeah. But the Lord, in his mercy, says he's going to leave a remnant of yeah. Israel. That's his mercy. It's interesting, too. It's a similar accusation uh, as Sodom and Gomorrah. As he continues, um, it says, you're too violent. Mm. You don't defend widows and orphans or help the oppressed. Wow. It's very similar to what he said to Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, it is. Very similar. Um, and this is interesting. He, he says, I, the Lord, invite you to talk it over. I love that. If you are willing to obey me, I will make your scarlet uh, sins white. I love and that. your crops be good. And if you turn against me, your enemies will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> the New King James calls, come now, let us reason together. Yeah. Let's talk about this reasonably. Though your sins be as scarlet, they're going to be white as snow. And if you're willing and obedient, you're going to eat the good of the land. Yeah. If not, you're going to be devoured. <laughs> well, they, they had an opportunity to turn back from the yes. road they were on. Um, well, you really see God's mercy here. Yeah. He, Isaiah keeps calling out to them. Mm. God says, you are now my enemy. Mm. Jerusalem, you will, um, you will be saved, though, by showing justice. You will be saved by turning to me and doing what is right. Um, you will be ashamed of your idols. Um, no one will help you. So there's this... There's kind of an opportunity to turn. Yes. But they're also uh, have kind of made up their minds. Yes, it sure seems pretty, like it. Pretty headstrong it? in what yeah. they're doing. Uh, chapter two. Uh, this is the message I was given about Judah and Jerusalem. In the future, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be highest of all and most important. All nations will come to it and be taught its standards. This really represents the millennial reign. Mm. It's a foreshadow, prophetic, not only of Israel then, yeah. but in the future. I feel like in Isaiah, this happens a lot where there's like these layers of meaning. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, yes. Depending how far you want to take it, it could just be directly then talking about what was about to happen yeah. or some or the sort future, of future yeah. situation. Yeah, he said, you're going to beat your swords into plowshares. You're not going to learn war anymore. Mm. Zion will be the center of moral instruction. Wow. Uh, he will judge between disputes between nations. It's kind of the center. The center. Then that remind you of like when New Jerusalem comes down mm -hmm. and they bring their, all the world brings their gifts and things to New Jerusalem. Yeah. But he said, now you are worshiping the works of your own hands. Mm. You're full of pride. And the yeah. proud will be destroyed the land is very wealthy um so they had wealth they had blessing this is part of the pattern um but it says you have abandoned your people mm. um people who use uh, divination from the east are everywhere people consulting readers from the philistines um they were there is what you said uh, they worship the products of their own hands yeah 
I, I, I. Yeah. I, I, I. Me, um, me, me. Your I'm idols will be eliminated. Um, stop trusting in human beings. Uh, chapter 3. The Lord is about to remove from Jerusalem and Judah all their security and everything yes. they need. Wow. All their leaders, all their armies, all their prophets, yeah. all their fortune tellers. Uh, children will become their rulers. Young will insult their parents. Neighbors will be cruel to each other. No respect for anyone. Sounds it, like today, doesn't it? Yeah, it's really kind of a. I forget what the term is. It's the. End, it's a principle. Isn't well, it? it's the the end of a, a kingdoms civilizations go yeah. through these patterns. Yeah, at the they end, do. They, they fall do. apart. Everybody turns on each other. Yeah. Um. No one will want to be the leader of this place. <laughs> um, your actions and your words are what have made you fall. Mm. Again, he compares them to yep. Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, and it's your words and actions against God yeah, and that it, have and made it you fall. Yeah, and it specifically says you're confused by leaders that lead you down the wrong path. Mm-mm. Um the Lord will judge all nations, and all rulers and leaders will be judged. You have robbed the poor and crushed my people. Wow. Uh, the women of Jerusalem are proud. They wear things that call attention to them, but the Lord will cover their heads with sores Ooh. and uncover them. I will, <coughs> I will take their jewelry. They will wear sackcloth instead of their expensive clothes. This is interesting. He said the women will mourn because their mighty men will fall by the sword. Mm. In other words, there's going to be less men because they're fighting in wars yeah. and more women. And it talks about that in, um, in the next chapter. The beginning of chapter yeah, four. They when do. this happens, women will plead men to marry them. Seven women to one man. Yeah, that's specifically what it says. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then it turns around. It it does this. Ba- it's really interesting to me how it does this. Um, there's th- there's several layers where he's using these outside forces to judge Jerusalem. Yeah. And then he judges those people. <laughs> I know it. Turns around <laughs> and judges them. Uh, so it's actually redemptive, long term plan. Yes. He already had a full long term redemptive yeah. plan because then he turns and says the time will come when the Lord makes his, his land fruitful and glorious again. So it's not hopeless. Yeah. Even though it is at the same time, it's really interesting. He's definitely going to take them out, yeah. but then he's going to bring them back. Well, don't you think when people get to the bottom, all of a sudden, it, the only way they can look is up? Yeah. Well, they also had to go through this process. It had to stop. Well, they had to quit just leaning on themselves. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Those who survive will take great great pride in it. Everyone left in Jerusalem will be special for surviving the Lord's judgment. Wow. Then the Lord will cover the city with a cloud by day and fire by night. God's glory will be like a tent covering everything. That's a revival. Yeah. Total, uh, there's a... uh, Restoration. It's both a, a doom... And restoration. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. Coming, coming out. Judgment and then restoration. Yeah. Uh, chapter five, a song about a vineyard. I actually, I really, I think these are, these kind of, an, I don't know, analogies is the right word, but 
Jesus used similar verbiage yes, he and did. analogies. This, the yeah. vineyard, I think like it, parables. I think it really is similar to this. Yeah, God really was building this beautiful thing that was supposed to produce a yeah. certain kind of fruit. Yeah, he said, I planted grapes and they became wild grapes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unedible. <laughs> I dug and planted the best vines. I built a watchtower and a pit for pressing the grapes. I hoped it would be sweet, but they were bitter grapes. Wow. Jerusalem and Judah, what more could have I done for my vineyard? Uh, I will now cut down the hedge and tear down the wall. My vineyard will be trampled and left in ruins. It will turn into a desert covered in thorns. Israel is the vineyard and Judah is the garden. I tended to them with care. I had hope for honesty and for justice, but dishonesty and cries for mercy were all I found. Wow. That's the end of that song. Yeah. Um, they have the fate of the wicked. It's very interesting. Verse 14 talks about hell enlarges itself. Hmm. And that makes, I don't know whether it's meaning Hades, the grave, because of all that are dying and the war or whatever, or does hell really enlarge itself because more and more people have made the decision not to go with God. Yeah. It's I think that's a very You talk about the part where he's saying the the world of the dead has opened its mouth. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what it eagerly is waiting for you. Um it's eagerly waiting for the leaders of Jerusalem. Wow. Um, that's scary. Isn't it, it is scary. Oh my goodness. It's super scary. And we hear this today too. Woe to them that call evil good and good evil. Yeah. They rise in their own eyes. Yeah. Uh, so it's very interesting. It even says, woe to those who drink strong drink. Yeah. Call them drunkards. Yeah. So. Uh, you drink day and night with parties and with music and celebrating, but you never think about what the Lord has done. Wow. So well, you can see there's that. There's this level oh. of um, civilization's end, and part of it has to do with gratitude that yeah. they lose That's gratitude. one of the abominations. Do you it's know that? It's one of the telltale signs yep. that the, the society is in trouble. Yeah, lack they, of gratitude. Yeah. Lack of gratitude. Uh, you think you're clever, but you're in trouble. Um, so these guys are in trouble. Uh, chapter 6. The year King <coughs> excuse me, Uzziah died, I had a vision of the Lord, his throne high above, and his robe filled the temple. I On this, it's very interesting. History tells us that Isaiah was a young prophet then, and he was very close to this king. Mm. And he actually went to the temple to mourn mm. because and he was actually angry what that this it? king yeah. had died at such a young age. Mm. And he went here to mourn, and instead, when he gets in there to, you know, tell, complain to God, yeah, look what happens. He has a vision. He has a vision. Now, remember, he's very young, because this is the call of Isaiah. Yeah. He's been kind of doing it a little, but now this is the big deal. Yeah. You know. Um, and these are very famous passages here. Oh, yes. Um. The seraphims, the angelic beings. These are some beings. of my favorite in terms of, of, of the, the mystical and mysterious part of Scripture. Isaiah is chock full of it. Yes, it is. And I love yes, it. Yes, it is. I love it. 
Um, his throne is high above. His robe filled the temple. Flaming creatures with six wings, each flying over him. They covered their faces with two of their wings, their bodies with two more, and the other two they were flying. And as they flew, they shouted, Holy, 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 Lord all-powerful, or Lord almighty, the earth is filled with your glory. As they shouted, the temple shook and was filled with smoke. I cried out, I'm doomed. Everything I say is sinful, and so are the words of everyone around me. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord all-powerful. Now, let's talk about this for a minute. I always like this. I have actually have a sermon out of this one. It's very interesting to me that Isaiah seeing all this, and in the New King James, it, calls, it says, I'm a man of unclean lips. Mm -hmm. That means void words. Mm -hmm. What I'm speaking don't, doesn't matter. It's not good. And he said, and I dwell with people that have unclean lips too. They're mm -hmm. not speaking to your glory. And so this is when God calls him, when he recognizes his words, his mouth, his unclean lips. And I often wonder, when I first read this, I said this to myself, why didn't he say unclean heart? Hmm. Why didn't he say unclean hands? Why was it his lips and words? And I think it, he saw the impact of these angelic beings who were crying to one another, not to God. Mm -hmm. You don't say holy, holy is the Lord if you're saying it to the Lord. You would say holy, holy are you Lord. But they're saying it to each other. And in the midst of their words, there's God in His holiness and greatness. Mm -hmm. And I think he had an understanding of that vision. If I can begin to speak about the greatness of God, then His presence, He will dwell in the midst of my words. And God's glory will fill the earth. And if I can get these people to talk the same way, Everywhere we go, His glory will be there, and it will fill the earth. Yeah. So I, I think to me, this is such a revelation chapter. I love this chapter. Yeah, of all the chapters, this is one I love. Um, so it continues. Um, one of the creatures flew over to me with a burning coal taken from the altar. It touched my lips with a hot coal and said, This has touched your lips. Your sins are forgiven. You are no longer guilty. Um, I don't know. I don't even know how to process that part. Well, he not only were his lips cleansed, but his heart was cleansed. His sin was forgiven. So we see this right. But I'm just saying, literally, from a hot coal. Yeah, I don't understand. Um, especially with the uh, forgiveness of sins because of the hot coal. I don't. Um, I don't totally understand that. Yeah. Well, it came from the altar of God. Fire is a cleanser. Mm -hmm. So it's like a cleansing thing that happened to him. Mm -hmm. From the very thing he said, yeah. my words, my lips are unclean. And, and, then it, and after that is when God said, you know, whom shall I send and who yeah. will go for me? After he was cleansed. Yeah. Not before, but after. Yeah. After the revelation. So he says, is there anyone I can send to speak for us? I said, I'll go, send me. Then the Lord said to me, go and speak this message to the people. You will listen and listen, but never understand. You will look and look, but never see. Make these people stubborn. Make them stop up their ears, cover their eyes, and fail to understand. Don't let them turn to me and be healed. 
fat fascinating i asked how long will this last that's really important i think um until their towns are destroyed and their houses are deserted and fields are empty they will be sent away uh far away leaving the land in ruins but just like stumps remain after trees have been cut down some of my chosen ones will be left um there's that mercy again mercy there will be some left there was there was a certain point and um it it speaks about it in the in the previous readings we've had when it when it's telling the story where they had crossed a line where the judgment was coming Mm -hmm. god had made up his mind right and uh all they were even when there would be good kings they were only able to to postpone it yeah it was coming. There yes. was nothing that yes. could stop it, but they could only slow it down. Yeah. Some of them got a, like yeah. a, a mercy that it didn't come on them, but it was going to yeah, come. Yeah, even God would say that. Yeah. It's, you're going to have peace in your life, yeah. but on your son, right. it's going to hit. This was already set in stone to come. Yeah. And um, it's interesting, too, at the, the previous uh, chapter we were reading that it said they, they were... They were being sinful, but still making sacrifices and ask, right. asking for mercy. <laughs> and he's saying no, because you're not, you don't really mean it. They were, they were trying to get away and keep lips. Doing, we're back to lips again. Yeah. They were saying it with their words, but not with their heart. Yeah, it literally, it literally says you keep asking for mercy, and but you're not changing anything. Right. You're not stopping. Well, so that's that, true. I think that has to do with why he's saying no, don't let them turn, because... They don't, their hearts don't really right. mean it. You know? And you know, Jesus uh, used Isaiah as an example in his day in Matthew 13 chapter. Uh, the disciples came to Jesus and they said, why do you continually speak in parables? And he said, it's as in Isaiah's day, they hear, but they never understand. Mm. And I'm giving them parables and they're hearing it with their ears, but they're not hearing it with their heart. Yeah. And he said, if they hear, I will heal. Yeah. So it's the same type of thing. But there's a, it's, it is interesting because there, there is a part of it, and I think even Jesus talks that way, where it's like, I don't really want them to get it. Yeah. He's okay. He's like, because something in their hearts has already yeah. made up their minds. Yeah. So They're going to say it with their lips, but they don't mean it. Yeah. Yeah. Because under, like I he's saying here, make them stop up their ears, cover their eyes. He's saying it do that to them. Right. So they don't be healed. <laughs> Somewhere they had already crossed the line in their hearts, right. I think. So, yeah. okay, let's keep going here. Uh, chapter 7, Isaiah offers hope to King Ahaz. Ahaz was king of Judah um, when the king of Syria and the king of uh, Pekah went to attack Jerusalem. When news reached Judah that Syria and Israel had joined forces, they were terrified. The Lord said to me, take your son and go to King Ahaz. Tell Ahaz to stop worrying. Uh, There's no need to be afraid of those kings. Their threats will not come true. I promise this will never happen. Syria will only rule Damascus, Israel, and Samaria, but in less than 65 years, Israel will be destroyed. If Ahaz and his officials don't trust me, they will be defeated. Wow. It's very interesting. I read on this. Uh, God had Isaiah take his son. His name is Shir 
Jacob as a sign to Ahaz, because his name means a remnant shall return. Mm. And he took his son and had his son stand with him when he spoke to the king. Yeah. And I'm sure he said, I have my son with me, and this is what his name means. Yeah. So he said, he tells him, ask for a sign. And Ahaz says, no, yeah. I'm not going to ask for a sign. So this is when we get the famous one, Isaiah 7, 14. And what is it? Where are we at? 7, 14, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Mm -hmm. And this was prophetic, not just to King Ahaz, but to all Israel. A virgin shall conceive and bear a right, son. Right. Call his name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And of course, Matthew shares this prophecy at Jesus' birth in Matthew, the first chapter, the 23rd. It's so funny verse. to me because this is the part where God is wanting to have this huge revelation, and he says no. I know he it. He said, no, nah, I don't really want no. it. No. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> He's trying to lay out this whole big redemptive it's, plan. It's, like, it's nah. back to this, I trust okay. myself. It's back to yeah. this, I trust myself. Yeah, and I love that God says, well, I'm going to give it to you anyway. That's here, right. Here it is. And uh, let me let me read through it because okay. it's so this is like some of the most um weighty um district descriptive poetic um uh prophecy about Jesus. Yeah. There there is. Uh It's beautiful. Then I said, everyone in the royal family of David, you have tried my patience by refusing to ask for proof. But the Lord will give proof anyway. A virgin is pregnant. She will have a son, and his name uh, will be Emmanuel. Before he is old enough to know right and wrong, he will eat yogurt and honey, and the countries you fear will be destroyed. But the Lord will make more trouble for your people and your kingdom than you have known. He will even bring king of Assyria to attack you. When the time comes, the Lord will call uh, on Assyria. Um so there, that, that, that line, a virgin is pregnant, she will have a son, and his name will be Emmanuel. Um, this is what we uh, sing every Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bedrock part of it. A sign means a miracle. Mm -hmm. So this will be a miracle birth, and then it foretells of the child and, of, and then of Ahaz's judgment. Mm-hmm because he didn't ask for a sign. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we get into chapter 8. The Lord said, Isaiah, get something to write on. I wrote in big letters, um, Mar Shalal Hashbaz, which means uh, to suddenly attack and quickly taken. Um, That's Isaiah's son's name. How would you like to have that name? Yeah. That is a long one, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it says, my wife had a son, and that's what we named him. <laughs> Before he can say mommy or daddy, Syria will attack. Wow. The Lord spoke, spoke again. People rejected the Gentile waters of Shiloh and gone to the side of King Rezin. I will send Assyria with a powerful army. They will cover Judah like a flood. Uh, but God is with us. He will protect us. All foreign nations can prepare for war. You will be crushed. You feel because God is with us. 
The Lord took hold of me with his powerful hand and said, I'm warning you, don't act like these people. Don't fear like they do. I am the one you should fear and respect. Run to me for protection. I am the rock that will make both Judah and Israel stumble on. My message and teachings are sealed and given to my followers. Um, my children and I are warning signs for Israel. Mm. Um, now it's very interesting. It talks about the, when the waters come, it'll be up to the neck. And that represents that there'll still be a remnant left. Mm. There's still You can still breathe if the water comes to your neck. Yeah, You can still breathe said, I'll still have a remnant. It's going to come up to your neck, though. Yeah. So there'll still be a remnant. Then we get into chapter 9. Those who have suffered will no longer be in pain. The territories in Galilee were once hated, but will be respected. And we go again with the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Yeah, again, it gets into I the I love prophetic. this, though. Listen to this. Even though you have multiplied as a nation, you have not increased in joy. Isn't that interesting? People multiply, get all kinds of money, but there's no joy with it. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Then we're back to another prophetic word about Jesus. And uh, verses 6 and 7, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Yeah. We know all that. And that's exactly what the angel uh, said to the shepherds in Luke, the second chapter. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So we see that prophetic word about Jesus again. And I think, um, let's see, a child is born for us. We have been given a son who will be our ruler. His name will be Wonderful Advisor and Mighty God, Eternal Father and Prince of Peace. His power will never end. Peace will last forever. He will rule David's kingdom and make it grow strong. He will always rule with honesty and justice. The Lord will make certain that all this is done. Um, it's really interesting because it's used this prophecy is like he's addressing the people at that time he's also addressing Jesus coming yes but even even when Jesus came there's still some of this is still to, to happen yeah it's talking <laughs> the about government shall be upon his shoulders yeah, and all they, that they yes. thought he was just going to take over right that's then. right so That's this right. is like so layered in prophecy. Yes, it is. Of, of then what was happening when Jesus came, yes. predicting that, but then when he's also predicting when he comes again. Right. The other one. Um, Very fascinating, isn't it? Oh, I love it. The Lord warned Israel, and they knew it, but were proud and stubborn. <clears throat> ooh, ooh, ooh. Chapter 10. Beware... Uh, of those who are, are unjust, mm -hmm. keeping from the poor what is fair and depriving the oppressed from justice. Uh, what will you do on Judgment Day when destruction comes? Where will you run? Wow. Beware Assyria. And here it is. He turns <coughs> He turns on the, the people he's using to judge I Israel. I know it. <laughs> I love this. Beware Assyria, the club I used to punish. I ordered him against a godless nation to attack the people I was angry with. <laughs> I will overpower Samaria and Jerusalem and its idols. After the Lord punishes Mount Zion and Jerusalem, he will punish the king of Assyria for his proud plan and arrogant attitude. 
and we read through that. We heard that. We saw it, and um, eventually the turn that happens yeah. with Babylon and being taken over. That's right. Uh, with Cyrus, absolutely. There, yeah, which leads to the restoration. Of, and uh, I, the verse twenty-seven, we've heard this quoted over and over: "The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing." We hear that a lot. And the yoke means the yoke of the enemy yeah. that's over you will be destroyed because the anointing represents the power of God. Yeah. It's so interesting to me that that's in that chapter. Yeah. Uh, and they, their punishment for what they've done is, is um, it, it like had a timetable, the way he's yes, talking. It did. It was very specific. He had, he had it in his, God had it planned out. Yep. For only so long. Yep. Uh, and he tells them that. Yeah. Let's see. Chapter 11, a kingdom of peace. Like branches that sprout from a stump. Yep. Someone from David's family will be king. Yep. The spirit of the Lord will be with him and guiding him. He will be powerful and he will know and honor God. His joy will be to obey. How much did we see that with Jesus? Yes, absolutely. And then we hear that I think this next represents a millennial reign. The wolf will dwell with the lamb. Oh, yeah. These are my favorite. The earth let, will let be full of the part. knowledge of the Lord. His, I love it. His word will be law. Uh, leopards will lie with goats. Wolves will rest with lambs. Calves and lions will eat together. Children will care for them. Cows uh, and bears will share the pasture. Lions and oxes will eat straw. This is my favorite. Children will play with snakes. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing harmful will take place on the Lord's holy mountain. You know, the curse that happened with Adam affected the nature of animals. Yeah, it's a view of paradise. It is I a love. view of it's, paradise. It's looking it is. backwards and forwards at the, I love at the it. same time. Uh David's descendants will be the signal for the people of all nations to come together. They will follow his advice. And the Lord will bring home his people who have survived around the world that have been scattered. I also think it's pro prophetic of just Israel. Yes, absolutely. Too. Israel became a nation in a day. We talk yeah. about that. Chapter 12. At that time you will say, I thank the Lord. You were angry, but it subsided. Look, God is my deliverer. Um, I will trust in him and not fear, for the Lord gives me strength. Uh, you will thank him and public publicize his mighty acts among the nations. Isn't that beautiful? Chapter 13, a message given about Babylon, Babylon given to Isaiah. Um, on the hill there is a sig signal flag. Shout to them, I have given orders to the soldiers, I have summoned warriors, I will vent my anger through them. Uh, basically, it, it lays out what's coming to Babylon. Yes. He was planning that out already, too. Yeah. Um, Chapter 14. The Lord will have compassion on Jacob and restore them to their land. And we've seen that happen. We really have. And you and I both have been to Israel, and we've seen... On that little sliver of land, everything that could be in a nation is in that little sliver of land. Yeah. It's just phenomenal. And I love it, too, because um, it's specific about what's going to happen with with the Persians there with Cyrus. Yes. Um, that the nations will bring them back to their home. Yes. Like oh. Israel doesn't really do it. They're no. totally... 
even what's happening today. They were totally backed up by somebody else yep. that paid for for them to go Absolutely. home. Absolutely. Even the temple, the whole deal was All paid by somebody else. It's just God. Uh, it's, it's incredible. Beautiful. Now, in ch- uh, verses 9 through 15, it's a prophecy uh, to the king of Babylon, but it's also the layered look that you talked about. It's about Lucifer or Satan. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, this is fascinating to me because it says, hell beneath is moved to greet you. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're waiting for you. And the, here's the question they ask. How have you become as weak as we are? Yeah. And you're brought down to the grave. And listen to what S- Lucifer is like. Worms are under you and worms cover you. Mm. Can you imagine that's his eternal to, eternal future? It's interesting when it starts off here. Um, at least the, I was, I think this is CEV I was reading. It says, you will taunt the king of Babylon with these words. Um, and then it goes into this whole whole thing. But I was thinking about that. You taunt, taunting the king of Babylon. Uh, and this is this double thing where it's the king of Babylon, but also Satan. Lucifer, yeah. You're taunting him. You're taunting Satan, you know, telling him what's going to happen to him. Right. What's coming. Now, this Um, is interesting because then it tells you who it is. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? So it gets very specific to actually who this prophetic word is to. You have been cut down to the ground, conqueror of nations. You said, I will climb up to the sky above the stars of El. I will set up my throne, and I will rule on the mountain of assembly. I will climb up to the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. But you were brought down to Sheol. Those who see you stare at you. Is this the man who shook the earth, the one who made kingdoms tremble? Is this the one who made the world like a wilderness, who ruined cities? Uh, because you destroyed your land and killed your people, the offspring of the wicked will never be mentioned again. Wow, isn't that interesting? Now, here's something to notice in this. Satan, uh, Lucifer, Satan, whatever you want to say, he had five statements of I will. Five statements. I will ascend to heaven and all those five statements. But in Ezekiel 28, God replied with five I wills from him. Listen to this. This is very interesting. Satan said, I will ascend to heaven. God said, I'll cast you out of the mountain of God. He said, I will exalt my throne. God says, I will destroy you. For everyone that Lucifer mentions, God mentions, I will sit on the mount. He said, I will cast you to the ground. I will ascend above the heights. I'll lay you before kings. I will be like the Most High. I'll bring you down to ashes. Yeah. Look at that. For every statement Satan made, God made a statement back to him. Yeah. I think that's fascinating. It's awesome. Um, let's see here. Then speaks about God being against the Assyrians, who he sent <laughs> yeah. to punish the Israelis. And then he also says about the Philistines, yeah. that they're going to be destroyed. Don't be so happy, Philistines. Yeah. <laughs> the club that, wait. Because the club that beat you is broken, um, I will kill your root with famine. Um, so they got it coming too. Yes, they do. And then notice all the rest of the chapters here, 15 through 19, 
he gives a prophecy against these various nations. Moab. Damascus, Ethiopia, Egypt. Egyptians will come against Egyptians. Yeah. But in chapter 19, it's very interesting, uh, and you may want to go back through some of these other chapters. He says, there in, a, in that day, there will be an altar of the Lord in the midst of Egypt. Oh, yeah, that, that's a and fascinating Egypt, part. And Egypt, Assyria, and Israel will be a blessing. Yeah, it brings Verse them 25. together. Yeah, he's going to bring them. And there's a word, and I don't know exactly which chapter it's in, but it's, it's that there's going to be a highway between Egypt and Israel. Mm-hmm. And they will go back and forth and be friends. Yeah. It so. says a time is coming when the Hebrews will be spoken of in Egypt. Yep. And their people will follow God. In the heart of Egypt, they will set up an altar for the Lord. They will uh, ask God for help. Yeah. I, I believe it's coming. I really do. That's fascinating. Then chapter 20, God instructs Isaiah, uh, this fascinates me, to walk naked and barefoot for three oh, years. <laughs> It's the best ever. As a sign and wonder upon Egypt and <laughs> Ethiopia. I love it. Three okay. years. Three years you go naked and barefoot. I bet his wife was really thrilled about that. I have the... Uh, and he's older than... The Ministry of Nakedness. <laughs> the Ministry of Nakedness. I love it. <laughs> um, oh. Quite the sign. Uh, 21... Um, Let's see, this is our last chapter here. Yeah, it's a vision of the fall of Babylon. Yeah, and I love this. This is one of my favorites. Um, there's um, this uh, this poetic uh, sense of dread coming mm-hmm. and doom to the city. There's several different works of art that, uh, that have uh, kind of, a, uh, I think, uh, imitated this there's a song all along the watchtower uh that i think is about this and parts of lord of the rings that talk about this and it's just this sense of dread coming to a city yeah and the people uh sort of there they some of them don't know what's coming right and when they realize what's coming upon them this flood of an enemy um And your your security falling apart. Yeah. You know, um, it's incredible. Um, let's see here. Are we ready to head into Galatians? I think so. That's where we'll end on um, Isaiah. Isaiah um, this kind of apocalyptic um, ending <laughs> ending for Babylon. And, uh, okay, yeah, let's go but ahead. But there was a lot of good things we shared in in Isaiah, too. Yeah, powerful, it, goes, it powerful. goes back and forth between those things. It so. does. Uh, Galatians 1 through 6. Well, in this, uh, Paul visited these Galatians uh, once on his first missionary journey, and it's talked about in Acts 13. And then again later, he visited them. And in between times, this is the letter he wrote to them. And here's what's happened. During his absence, teachers had come from Palestine called Judaizers, and they insisted that these Gentiles could not be true Christians unless they were circumcised by Jewish law, and they had to submit to the law of Moses. So the reason Paul was writing is to combat this heresy. Mm. So you'll see this throughout Galatians. 
And when we get to chapter five, I'm excited to share a little story about that one. Okay. So let's get going. Awesome. Uh, so chapter one here, Paul uh, introduces himself again. Um, I I think it's really interesting um, how Paul refers to himself as being chosen uh, directly from Jesus. Yes, he does. And also um, he talks about um, the gospel came directly from Jesus. He does. It he did, does. He didn't get it from anybody else. That's right. It came directly from the, the master himself. Right. Uh, Remember the road to Damascus? That's about as bold as you can get. Yeah. Um, and then he spent 14 years alone in the desert. And this is really fascinating to me because uh, the idea of what the gospel is, I've been thinking about that a lot. And that's really a big part of... of um, kind of what Paul is talking about here at the beginning. He says you're following a different gospel. Yeah. So that means there's more than one gospel out there. Right. That is that is being preached. Right. But uh, uh, different gospels, but he's saying there's actually only one gospel. There's only right. there's no other gospel, but people are distorting the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said you've been removed from the grace of Christ. Yeah. Removed from it. The and grace. I, it's I grace versus law. I think it's easier to do this than we probably want to admit where something we're excited about or passionate about becomes the gospel. Yeah. It becomes the centerpiece. Yeah. And it, and it makes things go uh, wacky. Um, uh, let's see here. So he's telling them even if angels showed up and preached a different gospel, don't right. believe them. Absolutely. Um, he talks about uh, the gospel I preach was not from human origins. I didn't receive it from humans. I received it by revelation of Jesus Christ. In my former way of life, I persecuted the church. I tried to destroy it, but his grace revealed his son so I could preach to the Gentiles. Isn't that amazing? Here's a man that's raised totally with the Jewish faith. Yeah. And God calls him to the Gentiles. And I believe Paul uses Isaiah as an example. I tried to preach to the Jews, but hearing they would not hear. <laughs> Same type of thing. So God said, go to the Gentiles. Yeah. Um, and it really is interesting because he goes through his story again. And he kind of goes out of his way to, to say it really didn't come from these other people. Right. Even from Peter and James yeah. and those guys. Right. He really wasn't consulting well, them. Well, in chapter 2, he talks about after 14 years, Yeah, I went to Jerusalem with Barnabas and Titus. And Titus was half Jewish and half Gentile. His father was a Gentile. And he said the false teachers were there then. Yeah. And he said, I wouldn't submit to them. And we heard about a lot of this in the book of Acts. Yes, well. in the book of he Acts. About it. He met with the council, James, yep. Peter, and John. They gave him what we call the right hand of fellowship, yeah. meaning they accepted him and that he would go to the Gentiles and Peter went to the Jews. Yep. But notice verse 11, he talks about he confronted, <coughs> Peter, he confronted Peter for his prejudice. He yeah. said he would eat with the Gentiles, but then he would sneak away from them yeah. and act like he hadn't eaten with them. Well, I think that's what he's, he's, he's laying out too, is that this is... Um, the gospel he received from Christ was so 
there was no um uh he was willing to confront everybody with yes it, he was including he was. including these head head apostles. people yeah yep. yep uh he said we as jews are not justified by the works of the law but by faith in jesus christ yeah he said you can't you can't justify it by your own works that kind of goes back to isaiah they were saying, well, we've done this. I've done this. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, you, you're not justified by that. It's faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um. Look at verse 20. We've all heard this one. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Yeah. That's, that's, that's it right there. That's yeah. it. When Jesus went to the cross, there's a song. When Christ was on the cross, I was on his mind. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I really do appreciate it because it's really this um, bedrock part of what the go what is the gospel. Yes. It's that. It's it what is. he's talking about here. It's not. There's a lot of other things that come out of it, branches that we mm -hmm. get involved in in things. But if you don't have this part, this justification through right. Jesus, through faith, yeah, you, you, that's a different gospel. It is. It's a if different gospel. If something else gets in there, you've got to do works. You've yep. got to do this. This is how you yep. become justified. And uh, I was into that for a long time in the denomination I was in. Well, that's what I mean. I think it's easy. It's easier. Like this specifically, he's talking about. They came in with the law, and and circumcision and things. Right. But I think for us now, there are other things that sure that are probably not necessarily bad things, they're good things, but they become like the gospel. Right. Like you gotta do this. Right. If you don't well, do this, we, you're we not taught really this. saved. You're saved by grace, kept by works. Yeah. Ooh, that doesn't happen either. You work because of the grace yeah. that you've been given, not to stay saved. Yeah, there's something in us that can't, it's hard to accept. I know that it. grace part. I know no, it is. I got to do it uh, yeah. myself. I know. I know. And this is one of my favorites, uh, chapter three. You foolish Galatians, who cast a spell on you? Oh, I like that. Um, Christ was vividly portrayed to you. And h here he gets into it. Did you receive the spirit by doing the works of the law or by believing what you heard? You began in the spirit, but are trying to finish by human efforts. Right, that's what happens. Um, as Abraham believed God, it was uh, credited to him as righteousness. Those who believe are the sons of Abraham. I love that. Yeah. I love that. The scripture foresaw God who justified the Gentiles, proclaimed the gospel. The gospel. What is the gospel? What he just said. Um, yeah. To Abraham ahead of time. And it's very interesting because he's proclaiming to the gospel to Abraham while Abraham is creating the template for the gospel. Yep. Because whether he realized it or not, he was. By taking it by faith, yeah. that is the gospel. Yeah, that is the right gospel. Um, Going to a land that he knew not of. All, right? the, all the nations will be blessed by you. Those who believe are blessed along with Abraham. The believer, I love that, mm -hmm. and that's huge. This yeah. this blessing business. Paul seems to think blessing is at the core of the gospel. Yeah, the blessing specifically of Abraham. Yeah, 
Uh, for all who rely on doing works of the law are under the curse. Curse is everyone who does not keep doing everything written in the law. Yep. Uh, the righteous will live by faith. That's right. Um, and then in verse 13, it talks about, as it is written, cursed is every man that hangs on a tree. And that represents the cross, that Jesus paid the price. And that cursed is every man that hangs on a tree is Deuteronomy 21, 23. Mm -hmm. But he said, Jesus has redeemed us from the curse. Why? Verse 14, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon us yeah. through Jesus Christ. And I think that's worth uh, looking at. What are those? Now, I like this too. And verse 24, where it says, the, the law was our schoolmaster, yeah. our teacher, to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Because you learn from the law, you can't keep it. Yeah. <laughs> Even Now we say there's 10 commandments, but they had a lot more laws than that. But they found out, and that was what was frustrating to them. They couldn't keep it because they were trying to do it in themselves. I, I think it's really, really interesting too, the way he lays this out. Um, because he says, um, why was the law given? It was given to show sin, but it was only to last until the descendant came. That's uh, right. Previously in there, he talks about it wasn't descendants. It was a descendant, right. meaning one, Christ. Um, but then he talks about how the law came, and he says an angel gave it. An angel gave the law to Moses, and he gave it to the people. The law did not come directly from God. That's Isn't that fascinating. Interesting. That's fascinating. And I, I don't know. I don't want to put too much into that. But um, there are times with the law, it's almost like a, like why did he why did he say that? There was something about it that's like telephone. Hmm. Telephone as it went from the angel to Moses mm -hmm. to to the people. Uh, then and then by the time you're getting to this time mm -hmm. it had the law had turned into this totally crazy thing massive massive thing, thing. yes and i think that's what he's getting at is right. that a lot of this stuff that became the law was god didn't even do, right. say that he didn't that's even right. tell him to do that that's right so an angel an angel brought it each each passage is getting kind of more and more distorted yes right um which I think is what he's talking about. But here's the wonderful thing about faith. I love this. And being in Christ. Verse 28. There's neither Jew or Greek, bond or free, male or female. All are one in Christ. Yeah. And that, that to me answers the question of equality. <laughs> yeah. And people talk about, you know, differences in male and female. In Christ, there's not. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Jew or, or Gentile. Doesn't matter. In Christ, we're all one. Yeah. Because we're all Abraham's seed. I tell you what I like about in verse 29. If you're in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, not only his seed, and heirs. Yeah. According to the promise. That's I love that. That's what I was saying. I think it's, it's worth, if you're studying the gospel, then you're going to have to look at that. Absolutely. What is, what is that promise to him? What are yep. those blessings yep. directly Absolutely. to him? Uh, be because uh, through Christ, we appropriate all of it. Absolutely. Okay, chapter four. 
young uh let's see young children are like um uh slaves but will own what their parents own one day hmm. children are with guardians and teachers for a time that's how it was for us we were ruled by the power of this world when the time was right god sent his son his son obeyed the law so he could set us free from the law and that's something now we are god's children when the fullness of time came he was notice he was made of woman under the law mm -hmm. jesus came understood living in the law yeah Shoot. i can't help but thinking about the um what we're just reading through in isaiah how these these um god uses these things but they're not all then it then it's uh it turn in a sense it turns mm -hmm. like like with with babylon mm -hmm. they were used for correction yes but then they had to get free from that correction Absolutely. at some point yeah you know yeah and even even from persia they came and freedom from that then they had right. to get free from persia you know same this, thing happened with the law yeah they, they and were, it's not that there's not good things in the law no, it you was, shall not I, kill. I you're think not, it was you know, absolutely. All that. It was totally necessary. It had absolutely. to happen. It's almost like that that pruning that the, the Isaiah was talking about. But it had to law, come to reveal let's, something. Yeah, let's use one example. You shall not kill. All right, that's one of the laws. Well, you shouldn't kill anyway, but that was a law. Now with Christ, you don't kill because not because the law says it, but because Christ is in your heart. Yeah. You keep the law. Yeah. So that's what he was trying to say. It's not a forced thing. You do it because you want to do it. Yeah. And because you know right from wrong. Yeah. And so he goes on. Uh, he gets into how these people who are influencing them are not really for them. Mm -hmm. They're not out for your own good. That's right. Um, uh, let's see. They're out for their own selves. <laughs> and he gets into, too, uh, about how... Moses, uh, or sorry, Abraham had two sons. Isaac and Ishmael. A uh, slave and one free. Yeah. Free it, because That's of comparing God's the law and grace, two yeah. covenants. Yeah. The bondswoman was Hagar and the free woman was Sarah, Mount Sinai and Jerusalem. But notice this, and I don't know what translation you're using, but in verse 29, the flesh or human flesh, however you want to put it, persecutes the spirit. Hmm. Doesn't want to flow with the spirit. Yeah, I love that. It doesn't want to flow. But he's using this um, story to explain it. That's really good. It is a great analogy. The internal struggle. Yes. Um, Ishmael and Isaac. Yes, it is. And we, everybody says, "Oh, look what Sarah did! Cast her out!" But as soon as he did, the angel came to Hagar. Yeah. I'll take care of you. Don't you worry about it. Yeah. So. Fascinating. Uh, chapter 5. Christ has set us free. We are really free. Stand firm. Uh, if you get circumcised, Christ is of no benefit. You're trying to be righteous by the law. You have fallen from grace. Uh, and Christ's circumcis circumcision or not carries no weight. All that matters is faith and working through love. Now, this is very interesting. I was raised in a very legalistic uh, denomination church, and I was coming out of that. 
-hmm. understanding that about grace. And I was saying, and I got into grace and got started feeling that freedom. And then I thought, but how can I be that? I'm a pastor's wife in this very legalistic church. And I was crying out and praying one day and I read Galatians 5 and 1, Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free, and don't you be entangled again with that yoke of bondage. And I'm telling you, something happened on the inside of me. Hmm. Because, see, I was no benefit. I was double-minded. Grace and law, grace and law, grace and law, grace yeah. and law. And finally, I came into grace. And when that happened to me, the change in our church was amazing. I mean, it was like a revival broke out because I came into an understanding of grace. Yeah, uh, I was saved by grace and I'm kept by grace, not saved by grace and kept by law. Yeah. So it, it, this was one of my favorite scriptures. If anybody asks, it's Galatians 5 and 1. I was young, had two little kids, and I was set free, and I'm so thankful for well, it's that. It's amazing. Um, because this, this in Galatians, what has happened to them, I think every Christian on some level is going to go through. It's why he's having to tell Absolutely. you, you're going to have to stand firm in this because the natural way is going to be to try to take it back Absolutely. to this other thing, this Absolutely. works thing. That's right. <clears throat> and I love faith works by love. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Oh, and that's part of the fruit of the Spirit. I pray that. You know, you've yeah. crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercies in Psalm 103. And to me, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Faith he, works by love. And he talks about it. He says, you were called to freedom, but don't use your freedom to indulge, but serve through love. I love it. Uh, love is summed up in you must love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Uh, don't bite and consume one another. The flesh desires oppose the spirit yep uh they oppose each other they do too um that's also one of those bedrock teachings in christianity that fight internal fight within yourself it is he's not even talking about fighting the enemy the devil right. or whatever this is the fight the with internal yourself. struggle the internal struggle yeah. that's right then he talks about the works of the <clears throat> flesh yep. opposed to the fruit of the spirit and it's and we know all of this, the works of the flesh, we call it. What does it call it? Do you have a different version? It uh, says works of the flesh. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, adultery, fornication, and witchcraft, strife, envy, drunkenness, all this. And it says you won't inherit God's kingdom if you do this. In other words, you won't have freedom. If you're into this, you're not going to be free. But the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Now, it's very interesting in the New King James, it says, against such there is no law. That, well, you know, if you've got love, there's no law against love. <laughs> you yes. know, look at these. There's no law against any of these. But also, there's no law of the flesh or human nature. Yeah. He just talked about the works of the flesh. So he says, live and walk in the Spirit. You can do it. Yeah. That's the wonderful thing about it. You can do it. And it says how those who belong to Christ crucify the flesh. Oh, and its did you have to say that? <laughs> Sorry. That's right and crucify there. means you bring it under control. Which is, I, I 
I totally get why this is tricky because that seems like a lot of work. Yeah. To crucify the flesh, to yeah. bring it under, but there's also this way of doing it through the freedom of grace. That's it. It's through submitting to Christ really and his love and yeah. and grace. It really is submitting to that. Yeah. You it's saying you have no power over me. I'm submitted to Christ. Mm-hmm. And I I'm going with him. And there's something that happens. There's a determination that happens on the inside of you yeah. when that happens. Um, chapter 6. The practice um, of love. Talks about restoring those um, in gentleness who have uh, been discovered in sin. Uh, pay close attention. You are not also tempted. That's right. And I like uh, this one says, you who think you're spiritual. <laughs> yeah. This is how we'll know your spiritual. Restore those yeah. that have been overtaken. Yeah. Restore them. Examine your own work. Oh. Don't compare yourself with someone else. Each will carry his own load. Yeah. Man, that's so true. This one calls it, you will uh, prove your work. Bear with patience your own burden. Notice Amplified says, your own shortcomings for which you alone are responsible. Yeah. I like that. You're going to have to deal with your own. Yeah. Don't try to judge someone else. Try to restore them. A person reaps what he sows. If he sows to the flesh, he reaps corruption. If he sows to the spirit, eternal life. Whoa. Don't grow weary doing good. Oh, that is such a great statement. In time, we will reap if we don't give up. Yep. Do good to all and at every opportunity, especially to those of faith. I think it's yep. interesting he points that out. I do, too. I do, too. Uh, there's something about the family, the, the family of God, yep. the church and believers. You and I talked about this before we care. ever did the podcast today mm-hmm. about doing good to the household of faith. Yeah. There is something about that. Yeah. It's, there is. Um, and then he gives his closing remarks. He sums up again about the, the circumcision issue. I love this. He said, here's the motive of those wanting you to be circumcised. It's for their glory. Look what I made them do. (laughs) They want to boast, but I only boast in Christ. Oh, I love that. Through which the world uh, is crucified to me and I to the world. All that matters is new creation, grace and peace to those who live in accordance with this. Wow. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with your spirit. I love that. Awesome. Oh, powerful. It really we is. are new creation in Christ Jesus. So Galatians is short, but it is powerful. Book. Oh, my goodness, so it is. It's just there. wonderful. Um, so that uh, that is our reading for today. Thank you so much, well, it's Pastor been great Katrina, to be being here. with us. And uh, it was uh, quite the reading and... Um, uh, so great to go through this. It is. You, today. you know, Isaiah and Galatians kind of flowed together today, didn't y- it? You know, I found uh, during this reading so many times. Yeah, it does. It's. I'm not sure if it's. It's just because it's happening where I'm saying, "Oh, that's kind of like that." I never yeah. even thought of it. Before. I know it, and I never put it together. And we were going through it today. I went, oh, "Look how that's flowing with yeah, Isaiah." There's all kinds of stuff there. It's beautiful. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, Come back and join us next week as we continue reading our Bible in a year. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.